This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. The first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. He's the killer. This Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Brewers. Easy, it's great. You know, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. All right, family business is taking me north of the border. I am at the fine studios of TSN 690 in Montreal downtown. Matt Kalman is at WEI holding down the fort, and not a good sign. I called him about 10 minutes ago, and he hung up on me after a hello. What what happened? I, I guess I guess after you got deported, they, they must have cut the phone line. Oh, that was you blaming it on me? All right. Well, I'm waking you up early. Back-to-back losks for Rask. Terrible third goal yesterday. You care to respond? He's terrible. Bench him. Halak gets the start Halak game one? Halak game one, absolutely. After you give up a goal to the Troy Brower, Jesus. we didn't even know Troy even, Brower even was the still Rask, alive. Poking your stick with the, with the Rask stuff not getting you going. This is going to be a struggle today. <laughs> Why are you tired? What were you doing last night? Watching Sox late night? Oh, my God. It's been like a week from hell, you know, so. Had to cover two games in one week. It was the first time in a while. <laughs> God. I saw your picture of the snack bar there, the uh, the Joe Haggerty snack bar. Yeah, that was after, well I, done. after I finished off the snack bar, it was exhausting. <laughs> that was the tweet of the week. You should have won seventh man award for that. <laughs> Uh, I would like some praise, though. Could you give me a little bit of praise? Why? Because you want Johansson to to not play with Krejci, and you want Pasternak to play with Krejci. I just want. I mean, I called it last week. It was electric. Would you Would you not say electric pasta with DeBrusque and Krejci? Great combination Wednesday night. (laughs) Awesome for the three minutes that Bruce Cassidy kept them together. Absolutely. But enough of a look. Enough of a spark where you think, hmm, that's an option. That's a legitimate option if Marcus Johansson just uh, gets his head out of his ass. Yeah, well, a game just, or two. I mean, obviously, this is just tryouts. I mean, they're trying to win games and try things out. But let's face it, it'll, it'll be Heinen in that spot. If if this keeps up, because Marcus Johansson is not, uh, whether it's coming back from injury or just not good enough, he's not uh, not the right guy for that spot. What's wrong with him? Did we, did we we Now, of course, at the trade deadline, there were a million guys that were uh, rumored the Bruins to be interested in. He was. He, it seemed like he was fourth or fifth along the list, and they kind of fell to him. Um, but when he when we talked about him initially, he was kind of described as a responsible player, more of a setup man than a goal scorer, right? But somebody who could slide, be versatile, slide around anywhere in your top nine. Correct? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is you know coming back from the injury. He's obviously one of those guys that it takes a while. Not. Not a David Pasternak, you know, exploding on the scene as soon as he comes back. So you got that, and then uh, there's there's a chance that maybe he's just a left wing, and he's played the right a little bit in his past, but he's clearly more comfortable on the left. So they're going to have to to play with that, and I guess they decided that you know maybe playing with Bergeron and, and Marchand would would kind of overcome that, but it did not. And so I bet uh, I bet tonight we'll probably see him back with Coil. Well, not only did it not, but if you missed the Bruins game yesterday against the Panthers, the the, the Donoff goal to make it two nothing in the first period was was pretty much a result of uh, Johansson not catching outlet passes twice from Bergeron yeah. trying to exit the zone. You have to rewind the the highlight a bit to see it, uh, and it it ends up uh, you know Ekblad gets loose and Dodonov pounces on the rebound. It's two nothing, but. You know, it's one thing to just not be a little crisp. He's a liability on that line right now. I, I had, to, I, I thought actually they would blow it up going into the second period. They kept him out there for yeah. a little bit longer than I thought they would. Yeah. 
Because well, that's I'm just thinking Bergeron and Marchand are in Cassidy's get... office. Like, get this guy off of my line. <laughs> you can't get too riled up about it because, you know, Bruce Cassidy's never going to keep uh, the same lines together more than two periods. So, of course, the third period he breaks it up. And um, a little surprised that he put the big line back together just because you think he'd rather at least let Pasternak continue to play with Krejci and build that chemistry and just rotate guys in and out of uh, the Bergeron line. But, uh I guess he was kind of desperate for some goals and figured that uh, when they were down two, he could at least he could maybe squeeze two out of that top line. It's happened so many times before, and uh, it didn't work out. But you know, then the Leafs donated you two points last night, so you're still uh, you're still getting this home ice advantage. So it's it's no uh, no no harm no foul here, right? Yeah, but it is a harm though. I mean, you traded a second and a fourth. This was one of your big t- you know piece acquisitions at the deadline. I'm not saying like uh, you look at Wayne Simmons; he's not lighting the world on fire in Nashville or anything like that. Uh, I guess you know Stone is is still the guy you would look to. I think he has four goals since joining Vegas. But yeah, you expected I mean, more than Nyquist one assist great, in five I mean, games. I mean, yeah. one assist. He has, he has like five shots on goal in five games. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely trying to find a way. I mean, he looked at least he looked uh, engaged before he got hurt, and now he's just uh, taking a while. Who knows what that uh, hit took out of him other than just bruising his lung. We, you know, they don't always disclose everything that happened. He could have been uh, dinged a little bit too, and... Uh, that it's, was March the 5th. Michael Furlan nailed him with exactly. Carolina, who was another and, trade deadline guy they could have gone after. You know, luckily for him, uh, they should be playing mostly meaningless games the second half of this week, and uh, he'll get, maybe they'll give him 15, 18 minutes to go out there and play. I mean, the problem is, maybe that last game, he, he won't get to play with a Krejci or a Bergeron, because you would hope that maybe uh, Bruce Cassidy sits at least one, if not both of them, that last game. So, not a lot of time to get it going, and uh, maybe just better just to plug him in on that third line for now. And go with what you know works, and whether it's Pasternak or Heinen with Bergeron and Martian, you just do that. Well, that's that was my argument last week. Heinen did fine up on yeah. line one, but the quote this week from Cassidy, I don't know if there was more to it. You were you were there. He said Danton does his best work on the third line. That's the Cassidy quote. Yeah. So he sees a lot more than I do there. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Bruce don't Cassidy think... had a lot of puzzling quotes this week. He also said that. Uh, Tuka Rask is my game one starter, but we'll we'll sort those things out as the week goes on. So you, you very you like know, very, very cryptic compliment. these days, you know. He also kind of threw him under the bus yesterday. He said we need to save the stay in the game. Yeah, he did it again last night, and then brought up the Tampa game again. So uh, getting a little cryptic here, getting a little. Uh, is, is that out of character for him? Because I mean, he's typically. I mean, he's not been shy to light a fire under Rask or others when they don't play. Yeah, well. I think so, but I think it's just. Uh, the, not the definitive. The, the which one? The, uh, the, the the Rask one. We needed a save. Yeah, we needed a save. Well, that's yeah. That's pretty typical of him, right? He likes to call the goalie out. So, what did he say after Tampa? Because I mean, the- well, after Tampa, he said the same thing. He said we needed a save. He, you know, he, he basically where, where? <laughs> exactly. I guess he's. I can't remember which one he said was was one that needed. I guess the last one. The when, Sorelli uh, goal. Exactly. But that's what he said. You know, he said, you know, obviously they were all grade eight chances, but we needed a save. He wants the goalie to be spectacular and. I guess he holds them to the same standard as most of our listeners do. Well, the Cassidy clip that I had <laughs> I had written down after the Tampa game was they had an agenda. They wanted to beat the Bruins. I don't understand what that means. I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? It bro? sounds of course fancy. They, I mean, I guess they had an agenda. Yeah, they they were they were hoping to send a message to the team they're going to face in round two. And, and part of the plan was to fall behind three <laughs> nothing. Right, uh, which happened, of course, last year in the pivotal game of that series. You know, it was 3-2 Boston in Game 4, right? They're down 2-1 in the series. Yeah. Bruins had a lead, and you have the uh, Stamkos game-tying goal with a non-call behind the net. Right. But it was officiating and blowing late leads that were the two, other than Braden Point's line outplaying Bergeron. But, uh, you know, those were the two big 
um, I don't want to say storylines of the series because they got beaten five. I mean, they were they they were outclassed in that sure. series. But I, what do they have? Six straight power plays in that game. Right. Tampa. Yeah. On Tuesday it was a good game, and you can say all you want. The Bruins, you know, lost John Moore, and they're and they're down to five D. I'm sure that did play a part of it. Yeah, they ran out of gas. I mean, they were playing well. They lost the D, and you know, they they made a couple. They got made a couple of dumb mistakes uh, that wound up in the net, and I think that's what uh, Cassidy's talking about. I guess he figures that the the, the players in front of Tuca. You know, bail him out now and again, and he, he, they needed him to get one spectacular save, and uh, they didn't get it in that game. And then last night, the uh, the kind of I mean, I didn't have a problem with it as much, no surprise. But uh, the shorthanded goal, I guess, is one that even Tuca said he should have had. And uh, these things happen sometimes, and you just got to hope that the focus is there against Toronto. I mean, the way Toronto's going, uh, you might not need the save. Maybe you just go with Halak and you just rest everybody because the, the, it looks like Toronto doesn't really have much interest in playing anymore this season. Yeah. I mean that we'll get to Toronto coming up, but, but I think in terms of just the Bruins, yeah, what what you saw this week, right? They had a five four loss on the road down to five D against the best team in hockey. So you know, I suppose you're not going to overreact to that, but it is a it's a mental um, shot, and you had probably the was it would you say the worst game of the year that uh, McAvoy has played. Uh, at least in terms of taking chances at the wrong times, he's on the ice for all three of those goals late. Again, he's playing yeah, like 27 I mean, that was, minutes. In that a was game. clearly a you know a learning curve. A team that was getting a little too overconfident. Younger guys that were getting overconfident. I mean, you know, Charlie McAvoy yesterday too. The same thing. He kind of isn't in the right positions at the right times. He's taking chances when he shouldn't. And uh, again, he's he hasn't even played a hundred games, right? So this is what's going to happen. I mean, this is the whole league right now. You got guys built teams teams that are built around defensemen and. And even forwards that are, you know, in their low early twenties and have barely played in this league, and so uh, they ha- they're learning, and that's what the uh, the Bruins are right now, right? I mean, you look at it with uh, with McAvoy and Carlo, you're you're really leaning on those two guys, and not much experience there, and that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, Monday's uh, a learning, but I didn't I didn't have a problem with Monday. I mean, then then Wednesday, I guess, was kind of a, a sleepwalk too until uh, the Rangers decided to to give them that one with all those penalties. Yeah, it's you know that's a 2-1 game going to the third. But yeah. you, you had a spark, clearly, from the Pasternak, Krejci, DeBrusque line. Yeah. Uh, and and you, your power play buried him in the third period. Lundqvist looked like he was half asleep in that game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he gave up some bad goals, but it's a 6-3 win. Okay, you're not feeling bad about it, and you're starting to get, in, starting to get guys back in the lineup. Krug's out uh, after back in after six games with a concussion. Yeah. And we've seen this. We've seen this before. When when multiple guys come back from injury, it affects the team. You know, one guy coming back, he's a little rusty. Even when Pasternak came back, his first game, he didn't have any points. And you can do it when you, when you're putting two and three guys back. Sometimes it does throw off uh, the synchronicity of the team. And we've seen uh, and we saw that yesterday for sure. I mean, they had the great start, but to get so frustrated after not scoring, you know, early in that game, the 16 shots in the first period don't have anything to show for it. Um, and even early. Yeah, Pasternak had a chance down the right side. Right. And he's past, flipped and he skated one. past the net, yeah. Yeah, it was a good breakout from Carlo. <laughs> he skated past the net, but it, that was but an that interesting line strategy. Was, that line was rolling early. Right. Um, McAvoy had a couple of great rushes. One of them, Johansson, had a terrible backhand feed, and, and he had like two bad passes in the sequence. So he looked bad early before even the goal yeah. was allowed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he looked like he was uh, not ready to play, and... Uh, you don't know if it's if it's physical or just mental right now. I mean, maybe the guy's a little, you know, shell shocked after getting his lung pump, his lung bruise. So, I guess I mean, just in general, it's it's an up and down week. 
you can make excuses for them, but there are some real problems. Corrales being out is going to hurt them in round one, or maybe not. If you think, yeah, it, it hurts their versatility now because you, it's hard to move Coyle to the wing because if if you had Corrales there, you have Corrales and Achari to center those lines, and you can move Coyle around. And Coyle might be a, a good fit for that Bergeron line. You might not get to find out though because you don't really have. Uh, and he went to fill his spot right now, so that's that. That's kind of a bigger blow than you might think, especially since the way that line was playing, but also just the way it affects the whole lineup. And they're not going to do that, right? I mean, from what Cassidy has said, their coil is locked into third line center. Well, yeah, I mean, except for the fact that now he's seen what Marcus Johansson can yeah. or can't bring, and maybe right. he wants to try some things out. Um, I wouldn't rule anything out if I'm uh, Bruce Cassidy at this point. You know, you got to. We know this playoff series get away from you in a hurry if you don't uh, have the right combination out there, and you might want to just try I mean, everything and see and give everyone experience doing it. To be honest, he's so. I mean, it's a short sample, but he looks so bad. Carson Coleman is an option to start Game One with Johansson on the bench. Yeah, Carson I mean, Coleman, and, and you know, I mean, I don't want to get booed off the radio, but you know, Chris Wagner maybe can plug in with Bergeron and Martian. We saw that earlier this year a little bit, um, just to have someone that can you know. Drive the net, cause some havoc in front, and this way you can keep that second line together and maybe have two lines. I mean, it's it's a, it's an open audition, and you got four games to do it here, and just you got to try it. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number to reach us here on Sunday Skate. We're presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. The Bruins here on this Sunday morning, hundred and three points, seventy eight games played, so they have eight points left on the table. Six point lead on Toronto for second. I I don't see them collapsing and losing home ice. Uh, they do have Detroit and Minnesota, and probably next Saturday, Tampa's not going to be real motivated. You wouldn't show think them so. Much. Although should... you can't really rest the, everybody. It's, a, it's right. a weird dynamic. Yeah, Columbus, the... they go uh, to, to Columbus Tuesday, and that's going to be an awful tough one as they are in a fight here to make the postseason. Absolutely. But that's a good one, though. I mean, that's the one you want to go out there, um, put your, best eight, game. Put your right. best 18 game guys out there, and then see what they can do. And, you know, if guys like Carlo and McAvoy want playoff experience and want to learn how to play with 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 their heads and their shoulders right uh, that's the good one to go out and then maybe you know try to play the spoiler look, look at it as uh you know as your as your early playoff game and that's the one to do and we'll see what Johansson can respond in that in that one too you know your guy grizzly came back as well and looks a bit rusty yeah that, they all look rusty games. i mean uh you know we haven't we saw some Tory Krug playoff stuff because i think he could do that uh you know if he's completely debilitated but even you know obviously 5 on 5 he's still uh a little rusty as well well, and that I mean, last year after the Toronto series, or after the Tampa series, really, most p- people were questioning the Bruins' D and are they are they strong enough? Are they tough enough uh, on the back end? So Kevin Miller is out, and it looks like he'll be back tonight, right? As yeah, he should be back tonight. Which I don't know if you want to say he's a critical piece for them. He's certainly in a series with Tampa. You you would seem to be. Yeah, I mean he's he's important. huge. I mean Connor Clifton's been a great fill-in, but I mean people get carried away and like, oh, this guy's. Kevin Miller, don't bring Kevin Miller back. Um, you know, it's like people forget after you miss a couple of weeks, they forget what you play like. It's unbelievable. And and, I, uh, and he would slot in with Grizzly. That would exactly be the pair yeah. back together, right? right. And uh, or you might even at some point see Grizzly with Carlo and Krug with Miller. I mean, uh, it depends what the matchup is. But yeah, you need to have a veteran physical presence there, a guy who moves the puck well, and you know you could trust him in any situation. But they also miss Grizzly in the Tampa game. You could see that they get pinned in their own zone. They could use a guy that can get it out of your zone for you, and that you would expect a player like him to be even more effective against Tampa if it's going to be a run and gun style. I don't know if that's if they're going to trade chances with the Leafs. They sort of have a good. Uh, well, they game did last year, them. so who knows? Yep. I mean, maybe the you know you don't want to do that, but the Leafs might lure you into that. And 
That so might be where hand, you lose that series. The only way you lose it is if you, you don't play, you know, you don't dominate the tempo and dominate the, the possession to keep uh, keep them from getting off like that because if you can grind them out, you could definitely do that. I mean, that uh, and right now, never mind the talent. You look at them, they don't seem to have the will either. So, I mean, so you add it all up. Things are trending pretty well in terms of health. Uh, you're fine. You're going to get home ice. It looks like, uh, t- as you say, Toronto's not pushing them here at all. You might get Columbus playing Tampa in round one, which would probably be your best option, right, of, the, of a team that could give them a real test. The Jackets now have won four in a row after we sort of mocked them last week, and they look pretty good. I mean, yeah, I would want to face right. them I mean, in a first-round series. It's all about the goalies with those, with those teams at this point, you know, whether it's, I mean, Columbus and Montreal better than Carolina for sure, you know. Price and Bobrovsky will dominate whether dictate whether that series goes a little longer than last year. I mean, I don't put any weight in any of those in any of these teams at this point, giving Tampa much of a fight just because they're going to fight so hard to get in in the first place, and then they're kind of terrible teams when you look at it. I mean, yeah, they're all flawed. Exactly. I mean, I mean, they're just. But Columbus has the high end talent now that they've added. Where you, yeah, I mean, technically, sure. Although I mean, you know the Canadians, I guess, have price. But up here, like uh, listening to some Habs. Oh stuff, no! You're listening to it. A little, I, bit, I, little I, bit. Thoughts and prayers, Ken. Well, they have a tough schedule. I mean, they have three yeah. games left. They have Tampa, Washington, and Toronto. Right, they're exactly. Miss. They have the toughest schedule and the fewest games left. So, I mean, they're probably done. And but, uh, I mean, to be honest, I didn't expect them to be here at all. Right. Well, that's uh, just I just said they didn't from the beginning of the year. They didn't expect to be there. So some people had Buffalo or maybe Florida as the team. As you know, the fourth team from the right. Atlantic that would push. Right. Florida is a mystery. They're, they've played Boston tough this year. Whatever reason, I guess yeah. uh, they've been a mystery. Not defensively for... sound. That they're just. Uh, I mean, Ekblad is a good offensive defenseman, but they have uh, maybe a little missing on the back end in terms of there's, bump. I, there's I don't know. There's way What's... too many good players there for them not to be better. They, right. What are they missing? It's Why are the, they not It's got to be the coaching. It's they need someone. Maybe like an Elaine Vino or some veteran coach to go in there and just put in a system that you know teaches them how to play defense and how to defend. And, and the goaltending clearly became a mess for them too. I mean, Luongo might be at the end here, and they're trying to work him in. And Reimer is just never very good. And th- this kid came up, played pretty well at the beginning, Montembeau, but then he fell off. I mean, if they could get a save, they'd probably be closer in this race than they are. And um, you wrote about uh, what Chara and Luongo were exchanging signed sticks yesterday. Yeah, I thought maybe that they, that was a sign. That, a sign they're both out. <laughs> no, well, we know Chara's not Just out because he's signed. But Luongo, I mean, clearly he's getting there. He's thinking about it. But I think uh, this this the exchange wasn't a goodbye. It was an encouragement to keep playing, and that clearly Luongo's not certain right now the way uh, Char is and he doesn't have to make any decisions he's got three more years on his contract Luongo so it's amazing he can come back or he can not you know but uh, yeah it was kind of interesting to see that uh, the respect between those two I mean Bruins fans should have a lot of respect for Luongo the way he gave them the Stanley Cup so you know what else was interesting this week was they had some national coverage so you're getting a little of the national perspective uh, Doc Emmerich at one point said this will be a great Bruins season uh, you know one of the best all time if not for Secretariat ahead of you in the, in the uh, standings yeah. you know referencing Tampa sure which is kind of an accurate line and you see Tampa and they are they going to sweep the awards yeah They're, they are I think they are I mean who who Hedman looks, is Hedman going to get the Norris it looks like yeah I mean Hedman or Giordano it depends how much. The voting, you know, used to be such an East Coast bias, and they've taken steps to try and, you know, regulate that by regulating the number of East Eastern voters and stuff. So Giordano's probably a, a good favorite there, but yeah, Hedman's it's going to be neck and neck there, and then Kucherov and Cooper, they they probably will 
sweep the awards at this point. I think that's the the, the wave. These There's things- a little push for Nathan McKinnon, uh, a la last year when uh, Jersey got uh, what's his name. Yeah. Uh, the well, there's always heart. a late push, you know, especially when you got a, a Russian leading. It, uh, there's always the the Canadian backlash to that, and they have to find a Canadian <laughs> guy to get behind and push him at the end. I mean, th- that's what happened to Kucherov last year, really. I mean, Kucherov yeah, was the, the favorite for the first four or five months, and then because he didn't score six points a game the last three weeks, they you know they pull it. I mean, you can't. They're also going to say, well, you know, if you take Kucherov off that team, how how much does that team drop off? But if you take McKinnon off the Avalanche, or you take Crosby off the Penguins, or you take you know whoever, they always have to make a. I mean, he has 122 points. He's five points back of McGillney for the yeah. greatest season the Russian has ever had. If he doesn't win it this year, it all comes. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, the, the definition with most valuable versus best player, you you got that too. But I mean, geez, I mean, the guys had an amazing year from start to finish on. The most you know dominant team we've seen in t- in twenty years, right? So yeah, and I think Vasilevsky's probably going to win. Yeah, he'll uh, probably win the Vezina. Exactly. Vezina. I mean, yep. so thirty seven wins. I don't know who else is even in real contention with him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 really a shaky uh, group. I mean, Bishop's there, but he's hurt now. Um, and you know, Carey Price might be playing his way into it, and uh, there's a couple other guys, but nothing that you have to say that it's really competitive. So this Tampa team was 59 wins. They're three shy of the most wins in NHL history, right? Three shy? It was 62, right? right. The Red Wings of 96. But as Scotty Bowman pointed out somewhere that I read that the uh, you know those Canadians teams had ties, and he was pretty confident they would have won a few overtimes or shootouts, you know? Uh, that makes sense. I mean, that's <laughs> probably true. And they did it in 80 games. Okay. Uh, well, still, this is one of the great teams of all time. <laughs> yes. They're going to sweep the awards. They have 120 one points, or I don't know what they are now, 122. You're 19 points back. The Bruins have had an unbelievable season, and they seem completely inferior to this team. I guess the question is just simply, can Boston hang with Tampa? After watching that game Monday right. and seeing Johansson this week uh, and, w- and without Corrali, I know the Bruins get a lot of respect, and they deserve it. Even your guy Larry Brooks, I'm going to talk about his piece yeah. a little bit. He wrote that story Wednesday. He's... You look. You compare Boston to the Rangers and some of these other teams who have been unable to rebuild on the fly. Right. That's why you don't tear it down. Exactly. And and the Bruins deserve a lot of credit for that. But all that being said, they still come up short each of these last couple years to the Capitals, to the Penguins, to yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning. It seems like they're still missing again this year. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, you, I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's disappointing. And if you lose to Tampa, it's going to be somewhat of a failure. But nonetheless, it's still only the second year of of being really competitive again, right? Right. The, year, the year before, you went through the coaching change. You made the playoffs anyway. Um, this is really the second year of being in the mix. You've got a team that's historic, as, as you're saying. That team is not going to be able to sustain it, right? I mean, Braden Point's got needs a contract this year. They're, they're up against the cap. They're, they're not going to be able to stay as powerful as they are. It's the, that's the nature of it right now, and you have to look at it. And maybe that's why Don Sweeney kind of didn't go all in the way uh, Yarmo Kekalainen did in, in Columbus. Didn't mortgage the whole future. Got solid pieces to fill in and, and to give you a chance but they're not really this isn't the year they're really looking at it as the as the year they're I mean, waiting for char to be 48 before well, they go for it is that what, well that? i mean i think next year is the big year i think next year is the year where you say okay what you know what hopefully you know you come out of the gates next year the way you played this year and at the deadline next year or even over this summer now is when you make that big trade where you are going to mortgage some of the future to get that big piece or in the case of uh you know, obviously, I don't know, off the top of my head, the UFAs, it doesn't seem like there's that many difference makers, but this is the uh, this is the plan. It's not a it's not a two year plan. It's a three, four, five year plan, and 
Uh, That's fine, except they they tease you with we're in on Tavares in the offseason. We're in yeah. on Stone. We're in on uh, Simmons. And then well, they came up short. I mean, that's, get nobody that's a failure in the on their part. If they, well, you uh, get Chris Wagner. That's a big <laughs> signing. No, I mean, seventh player award. Was, hey, he's, right. been, he's been a much nicer player. I mean, this is the way you build a team. I mean, whether you you know you don't look at it, you have to build all four lines. You have to build the top nine. You have to build the fourth line. Um, and they've they've gotten a bargain on that. I mean, the Chris Wagner thing, and and even you know to to bring in Nordstrom for short money, to bring in John Moore for short money made sense too. That you need depth defenseman on your team, and uh, especially on a team where you have guys who play hard and, and get hurt the way Kevin Miller does, and. Um, this is the way it's going. But, yeah, I mean, I, this is what I wrote at the trade deadline, right? At some point, you have to have your Columbus moment, your Tampa Bay moment, where you're going to say, okay, you know, Vakanainen's nice, Stubnik is nice, or whoever they draft this year and these other prospects, but we need to go out and get our Mark Stone at some point to put us over the top. Then maybe it wasn't worth it just because of the fact that Tampa is there. And, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be, even if you added him, were you really – overcoming them at this point. But I would think if you add Stone and, and yeah. replace Johansson with Stone, right. and you watch that game Monday, uh, you know who knows what happens, but you're up 4-2 in Tampa's building sure, uh, in the biggest game of the yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great player. And, and, and it, does that not make the difference between a couple of games in a series? Absolutely. It definitely does. But they decided, you know, obviously there were two, there were two factors here. They, they'd have to have really overspent because clearly Vegas or uh, Ottawa wanted... The, 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 the defenseman, right? Yes, the Brandstrom yes. guy. Yep. And Eric you didn't Brandstrom. have anyone to match that. So how do you match that? Well, you match well, you that said with you multiple pieces. I mean, right, but he's happen? not as good. That's No one's arguing that. So what do you have to do? You have to sweeten the pot. How much are you willing to go in on this guy and pay him, what is it, eight, ten million a year? What did it come out to be? Eight million a year, nine million? Um, they couldn't do it. I mean, they this just right. they couldn't do it at this point, and that's why... Now you have Charles signed for this uh, this bargain basement deal with the with the uh, bonuses. You know you know you're gonna by this time next year Eight you'll know by nine point five. They're speculating. Yeah, nine, right. So, huge exactly. deal. So you'll yes. know you'll know this summer what you're paying McAvoy, what you're paying Carlo, what your cap looks like, and uh, that's why it's all set up. I mean, twenty twenty is the uh, is the year for them. All right. Any uh, regret when you're looking back at the trade deadline now and Marcus Johansson? No. I said or, all along I'm not going to regret any of these trades. I mean, they, they didn't trade anyone off the roster to get Johansson. Um, you know, I, I, I threw him and Nyquist, uh, Simmons, Zuccarello. They're all in the same box. Kevin Hayes. Every, every single one of them. Well, Hayes is different. Hayes, Hayes being a center and being a younger UFA, I mean, that was plus the, the the Hayes factor there were too many things i didn't throw him into that batch but but they were in on him those right? there, wings. there was another oh, guy for that, sure. that i mean they obviously considered him i mean they were they were clearly um considering a, a lot of things here they they weren't being you know complacent about the forward situation but i threw all those wingers those veteran wingers into the same basket and uh whatever you came up with was going to be fine as long as you didn't overpay and they, they clearly didn't overpay and let's face it again it's only been two games that he's back, Johansson, since the lung. Um, Coyle's true. been better than you could Quite have expected, true. I think, as far as uh, playing his role. Um, so, nah, you know, you can't regret it at this point. I mean, even if, look, if you ask a Rangers fan, they're a powerhouse, and they've done it the right way. You ask a Tampa fan, and yeah, you know, they are laughing right now, getting ready well, for Tampa's that second just, round series. You know, Tampa's done it through the draft the way the Bruins are trying to, and then you hit on a Braden point wherever he was drafted, and it, it works. But you know, you could say, you know. They're just sustainable. I mean, obviously, wherever they drafted Kucherov. I mean, these guys, 
uh, have come on. But, you know, you had a draft ahead of nearly the top of the draft at one point, and Stamkos was the number one overall. So they've had their their share of, you know, d- really down years, too. This has been a team, the Bruins, that missed the playoffs twice but missed them both on the last weekend of the season. There hasn't been any, you know, tank in this. I haven't covered a meaningless game since my second year, you know? Well, the one so. Malcolm Subban played. That was oh exactly any game Alcohol Subban played absolutely. But. All right, Sunday <laughs> cheap shot. Sunday skate continues. Presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. I'm in Montreal. Calman is EEI. Join us six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We got our player of the week award presented by Wise Snacks to hand out, and we will get more of uh, Matt's take on that Larry Brooks column praising the Bruins for the way they've done it. That's next on WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. I watched Blaine Locker get it back in like 94. It was like one of the first games I remember. Um, so to get the fan support like that in my, uh, my first year home, it's, uh, it really means a lot to me. Walpole's Chris Wagner voted as the player who has performed beyond expectations by Bruins fans. The seventh player award winner yesterday, hey, Matt Kalman. Hey, you know who else? agree with perform- the assessment? You know who else performed beyond expectations? Who's that? The fans. They got this one right. Oh, you're 100% behind this Oh, my pick? God. I never in a million years, I mean, even though he's a local guy, I never in a million years thought they would have voted for him because we've seen, you know, Tim Thomas win it two years in a row. We've seen Rick Middleton win it. We've seen Charlie McAvoy win this thing. It's not supposed to be a popularity contest. It's supposed to be the guy who exceeded all expectations. And, well, uh, wait a minute. Now, McAvoy performed well beyond expectations last year, wouldn't you say? He was a first-round pick. All right, but he, in he was a first round one, pick come who in made the move to the well? NHL and averaged like twenty five minutes a game playing with Char. You, you're supposed to do that. That's what you're first round picks do. Supposed to do that in year one. That's what first round picks do. Drew Doughty did it. <clears throat> okay, you're the next Drew Doughty. You do what Drew Doughty does. But you know they got this one right. It was great to see. Uh, I, I still, yeah, I know you, you will hate this, but I, I would still stump for Krejci. After the, oh, the no, total I don't hate disrespect that. I think that's for my great. guy. I, absolutely. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna give it to a bigger name, that was the one to go with. I mean, for sure. Uh, thirty one years old and doing what he's doing at this point, considering to publicly the court Tavares all off season and just yeah. drag Krejci through the mud and then hand him nobody again. And, and he's played wing. with what twelve different wings. Right. Right. Uh, he's had a pretty good including Joakim Nordstrom for how many games? <laughs> Correct. And he looked dynamite. I'll say it again. Dynamite, electric. I was right on the money. I talked to Cassidy last week after our show. He said, Laird, you are right. I am putting pasta with Krejci and DeBrusque. It worked out. Johansson's getting in the way. That's the only problem to the plan. And I understand he's got some things to deal with. But he's trying it out, which we also discussed last week. This is a good tryout week. You get a period of uh, you know, juggling the lines a little bit. Cassidy's been adverse to that, I know. But uh, he took my advice, and it's going to pay off. Yeah, and this team is good enough. I would say this team is good enough to to get points, even if they don't win, to get some points while he, you know, diddles around here. So, what is uh, Toronto's schedule? I didn't even look. Do they have a tough uh, go of it this week? I think Toronto has a Tampa game in there at some point, and uh, you know, it's not. uh, Oh, they play the Canadians. Equivalent, exactly. So, I'm sure it's an equivalent. I mean, Toronto. What is it? You want to look at their schedule? They lost to Ottawa last night, so I don't think we're too worried about what the schedule is. They can lose to anybody. Well, that'll be round one, and you have a chance to get healthy and get Corrali back. And there's still a lot of uh, positives you can take from it. And it is amazing. You look at it from the Rangers' side, and this was the Larry Brooks column after the win uh, Wednesday. They played the Rangers, and it was a six-three final. Rangers messed up their rebuild long before their teardown, 
And he goes through it, and he's praising how the Bruins have done it in yeah. comparison to how the Rangers have done it. What's your? I mean, well, your here's big the takeaway is from this. Here's the problem with it. He he's right in one regard is that, and I've always been against the teardown. I don't believe you have to draft number one overall. And Edmonton has clearly proven me right. You know, you can't. And Buffalo as well with all their high draft picks. Look where they've gone. Um, Larry conveniently leaves out a lot of the issues. I mean, he brings up the Rangers drafting of Hugh Jessamine and how the the Bruins. You know, they get Krejci and and Marshan and guys like that in later rounds, but overlooks. The Bruins' Zach Hamill pick, which is basically their Hugh Jessamine, you know. Uh, the Bruins' Joe Colborn pick. The Bruins not picking Barzal and well, Connor he does mention and, that. and whoever else. He mentions Barzal. So he they says missed. basically how good would they have been if they had right. missed So on. You, you hit one out of three on that one. I mean, that's that's kind of a boondoggle. But well, we don't know yet. There's still... It is also, I mean, not to... I mean, his overall premise is right. You also have to look at the fact that the Bruins, the way they're built, he talks about how they've still they're still leaning on Chara... And, and, and reaping the riv- the dividends of the greatest unrestricted free agent signing in the history of, of the game. And, you know, clearly these are, you know, outliers. Not Only one team has a Sedano Char, only one team has a Patrice Bergeron, who two, two or three years ago Patrice Bergeron looked like he was going to spend his 30s as a second or third line checking center and win a Selkie every year. And instead he's become a 100-point machine. So no one could predict that. And uh, for every you know jewel the Bruins have found in a later round, they blew a first round pick. So there's a lot of a lot of things that you can. Uh, I mean, to sum up the Larry Brooks Stel. column, he's saying what? Number one, the Rangers suck at drafting, right? Right. And number two, they didn't need to totally blow it up and try to get a first overall pick by getting rid of everybody from the old regime, right? Because right, it, it doesn't it, it the, doesn't seem to work all the time. I mean, <laughs> you but know, they the, were close. I mean, yeah. they they lose in a cup final to the Kings, right? Is it right. the year they got? I mean, so they they were knocking on the door a couple years. the The year Marty St. Louis' mother died, they came back to beat Pittsburgh, and it was an right. unbelievable team. They were on a run, uh, and I thought they were going to win it that year. They didn't. So, are they that much different from the Bruins, who had the one magical year, have been close, were close a couple years, and then had to step back? Uh, well, they the never Ra- stepped back, and they, I mean, and they the, didn't have they, they didn't have Bergeron and Chara, who were like all time greats to keep. Exactly, I mean, and then and and beyond that, the core with with Tuca and with you know Krejci, um, it's a that's a core that you know a few teams can duplicate. I think that's what the Blackhawks are trying to do. Actually, I mean, you look at the little run they've made this year. Um, when you have Kane and, and Taves and Keith and Crawford, you don't you know go into the lottery and and. Uh, by choice, and you don't try to tank. You, you you try to go for it, and I think you know. I think that's the wise thing. I think that team will be in contention again next year, assuming that you know they make the, if they make the right moves, there's someone to supplement that. And it took a while for the Bruins, and we had you know the, would they have maybe made the playoffs if they had made better decisions at trade deadlines past while they were kind of in the middle of the middle ground when they went and got Drew Stafford instead of something bigger. I mean, possibly, but clearly they needed to you know keep some of the the picks and, and prospects that would have you know maybe push them closer to winning a round or something or even making the playoffs those years, but um, still contended, still still tried at least. You know, they were yeah. still in the, in the thick of it till, till the end of the season. And, you know, I, I will give them credit for the Krejci signing. That was mocked by some when it was when it was inked, right? I mean, it, it looked bad for maybe a couple years of the deal, but they did commit to the right guys for, for a long-term contract, so you have to give them some credit for that. Yeah, and that the was, right the, I mean, together. again, that was market even value at the time for guys of his age. I mean, now... The trend in, in in hockey and all sports is to pay guys on what they're gonna do in in their twenties. But back then, you were paying guys for what they had accomplished in the, by the late twenties, whether it was the Krejci deal or the Seidenberg deal. I mean, no one was really criticizing those contracts at the time. 
except for people who criticize every contract. You know, when when Kevin Miller signs and you can't throw all that money at him. But meanwhile, Kevin Miller now is probably the most underpaid player in hockey for what he does for what he makes for for less than three million dollars. No, it's Chris Wagner who's the most under. That's him too. Absolutely, he'll be renegotiating in a year and a half here. So. To the phone lines we go at 617-779-7937. Freddie in New Hampshire is not a Sunday skate that's gone by without Freddie weighing in. Top of the morning, Freddie. How are you, sir? Good morning. Hey, uh, you're so right, Matt, about the 7th player award. That was a, a good pick. Halak would have been a good one, too. But there's too many years that they picked the, uh, you know, it's above and beyond. You don't expect Krejci to be do what he does? I mean, I expect him to do what he does. He's getting paid over $6 million a year. Well, that's true. The fans do. Huh? <laughs> the fans do expect that. That's why. So, yesterday, what was I watching? The Skating Dead? A <laughs> what the heck was that crap? I can't believe it. They just were going through the motions. It was pitiful. Yeah. You know, I, I understand there's no fighting, okay? I understand there's no fighting. But could you lay a lick on somebody? I mean, Clifton was the only one that went out and hit somebody. Backus, you're getting paid. Do something. <laughs> I mean, come on. That game could have changed. I mean, you saw uh, uh, Pasta get railed at the, at the boards, uh, at the, at the corner of the boards. Nobody did anything about it. I'm not talking about fighting. Come out and hit somebody, please. I mean, you go through that whole game and you play like that. I don't want to go out in the first round. And you're going to go out in the first round if this is okay with you. you got to take it in. in the, and, you know, I love Cassidy. I love what he did this year. He's, he's, what he did with all his defensemen down and all his people he plugged in. But why doesn't he ever call a timeout? Why? Tampa Bay, they, are up, they got two goals. That's a good point. That's a good point, Freddie. They, they got two goals they're ahead. You, you've got to close out a game like that if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. Okay. He does it. He lets it go. Why doesn't he call a timeout? And what's he saving them for? You don't keep getting them. Well, no, you, you know? gotta keep. You gotta keep them so you can challenge. You want to challenge an offside? You gotta keep it. Oh come on, challenge an offside. <laughs> anyway, um, I just what I saw yesterday. It really disappointed me. I mean, the power play. But- they actually but, but, controlled but what the What you game, saw though, yesterday Freddy. wasn't yesterday an anomaly. I mean, I would, I would, I would question their pushback and their grit if if this was something that had been coming up every night. But just two weeks ago, everyone was lambasting David Backus because he was being too physical and fighting too much. I mean, this team has had a lot of pushback. I think yesterday they just got frustrated early in that game and just decided to, to you know to not to, not, to kind of mail in the rest of the game. And uh, you can't blame them sometimes. You're you're allowed one clunker now and then, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, you are, but not this late in the season when nah. it's time to gear up, okay? And the, the, the power play yesterday, what was it? Oh, no, you take it, no, you take it, no, you take it, you take it. Nobody was directing, nobody was going for it. That, it's so frustrating, and it, it isn't, you are allowed clunkers. It was, if it was a clunker in November, it was a clunker in January, I could understand it. It's time to get it together, and when you don't see that burn in their heart, it bothers you. It bothers you to no end because I know it comes up afterwards. I've seen it before. I want a cop, okay? It's been way too long. 2011, I'm not getting any younger, okay? <laughs> you guys have a nice day. Take good call, Freddie. Always spirited. Uh, uh, you know, the timeout's a good point. I didn't think they were that actually – you can say that, but they actually owned the first half of the game. I, like the exactly. part of they, the game. The, the, I would say the okay. first period, maybe a little the second, they got discouraged – they just said it's not our night, and uh, right. I don't blame them. I don't blame them for not you know, getting too 
mixed up in, in physicality against that Panthers team that has nothing to play for. Uh, why risk it at this point? Um, they hadn't lost at home since January 30th. They hadn't lost a home game in regulation since January 19th. What's it? Their fifth? What's it like? Their fifth or sixth regulation loss since right. since January? I mean, my God, <laughs> you're allowed one like that. Not a bad team. I mean, they they had a couple of fortunate goals early. Yeah, and, you, and it wasn't like fault. you went out and lost seven to one or something. I mean, you're in that game until the empty netter, right? So, I mean, this wasn't as bad as as, as Freddie's making it out to, to seem. You know, I mean, you know what's interesting too? I'm, I'm here in Montreal, and they're talking about fighting again. If you saw any, I don't know if you saw any of the oh yeah, fight the Paul, the Paul Byron, Byron thing. Had. Yeah. So it's it's he got crunched by Wegar from uh, Florida. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, if if the Canadians fans had their way, there'd be no physicality in the game, right? Just... Well, that's the debate. But like, and, and, know, what ha- and what would happen too? In the game? If if there was no physicality in the game, then what would all the diving be about? Right, but but <laughs> but to Freddie's point, do you want Bacchus? You know. Staging something yesterday. I think if I think if it got worse, it wasn't that bad. They were all within the in the realm of the game. The, no, there was no injuries. I, I had no problem with and no response yesterday. The Panther team has just been looking to get mixed up in things. I've seen it in, in other games they played against you know Toronto and stuff, and uh, it's 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 silly to do it at that point. I mean, yeah, if, if you're playing Tuesday in Columbus, you got to have all that fight back against a team that you never know you could see down the road or something. But you're not gonna. That'll be the game. Wasted. Final dress rehearsal, and then you got the Ryan Donato uh, experience Thursday night in Minnesota. So, uh, other than that, that's that's what you've got left for the week. We will select the player of the week presented by Wide Snacks here on Sunday Skate. Coming up, Matt Kalman and Ken Laird. It is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Well, you can tell everybody. It's like we played pretty tight defensively again today and just couldn't. The puck went Boston our way on the other end. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's a 4 1 loss, but. Uh, Hopefully we'll make this a uh, good road trip and, and, you know, have some clarity of uh, what's, you know, if we get the home ice or not and then, you know, finish the season and start the playoffs. I'll ask you the question is only Mark James can, Matt Kalman. Tuca or Puka? <laughs> That's a good one. Where are you heading wow. into the postseason? did he come up with that on his own? He did. He spent a lot of time researching that. By the way, James will be in today, 11-3, to two hours with Wiggy. Wiggy's on for two hours with Gilroy, 9-11. to So we got a powerhouse and... Next week, I'm fighting for two hours of skate next week. It better be 8 to 10. We'll see. And Not 7 to 9. It may be dependent You'll on You'll be hosted the, on your own. We may move, are you in favor of moving skate around in the playoffs pending when the game time is? In other words, put it after like a Saturday matinee if that happens, or do you want to just keep it Sunday I'll morning? skate any time, but not before 8 o'clock. Okay, noted. <laughs> uh, and confirmed next week, friend of skate, FOS, Pete Blackburn going to be in. Nice. Joining, sitting in with us next week. He's going to we'll tweet some, gifts we'll get the some millennial show. takes on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Good man. love the two old grumps and then the millennial. I like it. Time now for the Wise Snacks Player of the Week. It's presented by none other than Wise Snacks. And, uh, Calvin, I turn it over to you yet again. Who uh, stood out for you? Oh, it's got to be Pasternak, right? I think so. That Absolutely. Was my... I mean, that was some <laughs> performance the other night. You know, and, right. looks, and one thing Pete Blackburn uh, said, uh, we're good here. He, the one, His big question heading into uh, the postseason, just that how is the wrist? How's Pasternak's wrist, wrist looks like it's pretty good after that performance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you still see it sometimes, but uh, by, the, by the playoffs, he's going to be fine. 
Hey, you know, I just want to tell you, there's one text here that said, tell Fred in New Hampshire to take a tranquilizer. It's not the playoffs <laughs> yet. What a grump. I think that should be the, the slogan of our of our show. What a grump. Don't discourage Freddie. He's, he brings it. Last year he hated Rick Nash, as you'll remember. Absolutely. Uh, he's not lashed out at Johansson yet, but I'm waiting for that. <laughs> exactly. The Wise Snacks Player of the Week brought to you by Wise Snacks. And the Wise Snacks Extra Cheesy Cheese Doodles and Bravo Stadium's Nachos. They're available now. And pasta this week, uh, we had a five-point night. He had uh, 11 points in five games. They had a bunch of streaks going that got ended, I guess. Yeah, every streak got ended. The home winning streak, the home point streaks for Berger on the Marshand, uh, Postanoc streak, everything came to a crashing halt with the Florida Panthers. Marshand has 97 points. He's fifth in the league in scoring. Yep. Do you think a 100, the the, the Hondo, matters to him? Absolutely. Definitely. Every, so every player stick, wants so to get 100 play, points. But he'll play Saturday if like they're thinking about resting him? or he's. Yeah, I don't uh, think they'll rest him because they don't seem to... I mean, like you said, they can't, you can't rest everybody and you're going to rest some of the older guys. I would. I mean, if I'm Bruce Cassidy, it's, it's Char, Bergeron, and maybe Krejci if you can swing it. Those three guys come out and then... Keep in mind, this is the team Tampa on Saturday where he licked a player last year in the post. <laughs> exactly. So you might and, you don't want, to, and you don't want to... Um, I mean, you might want to also consider sitting Carlo out. You don't want to tempt the fates there. True, and Krug, who is, by the way, 12th in points among D. He's got 51 points kind of quietly this year. He's a uh, pretty good player, huh? I like him. They kind of use him. They kind of can use him. Pasta and Bergeron, 77 points, both with only 62 games played. So uh, pretty pretty impressive point totals all around for those guys. And a couple 20-win goalies. The seventh-player award yesterday, uh, quick uh, note that just watching the game, and uh, Brickley goes on and... Uh, Classic rant. He he rattled through all his favorite plays of his youth. Yeah. So he put Wagner in the category of Eddie Westfall, Johnny McKenzie, Donnie Marcotte, Derek Sanderson, Dallas Smith, nice. Terry O'Reilly, Stan Jonathan, yep. Kenny Hodge Jr., and Don Sweeney. That's who he, he reminds him of. Okay. That was the highlight of yesterday's broadcast. <laughs> I bet it was. Was Brick going on that rant. Uh, what are we going to be talking about next Sunday, Matt? The season is going to be over. We will uh, be talking about the Leafs, I assume, and the series starting probably the 11th of April, right? The following Thursday? Yeah, I would say the Thursday, sure. We'll be talking about how whether the Bruins are going to sweep or just give the Leafs one game. Is that is that where you're leaning towards? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my Leafs, God, that team is Bruins mentally dead, aren't they? They are not dead. In fact, they've got... Um, They've got dangerous lines. Taver- that Tavares line. You're going to put Charo and McAvoy out against them, right? Sure. Because that's and the so heavier that, line. That leaves you the Austin Matthews line against right. Krug and Carlo. Exactly. Which is going to be interesting. Or it could be Grizzlick and Carlo, depending. So uh, it is not going to be a fight. Hey, and if that, if that doesn't work, remember, I'm the one who told you three months ago the Brewers need to bulk up the left side of their D to win a championship. So I'm already calling that. Yeah, the Jake Muzzin effect. Absolutely. Uh, or, or who else? Was there somebody else you wanted? You no, wanted, that would have uh, been the perfect fit. Exactly. All right, Matty, check out Matt Kalman on Twitter, at Matt Kalman, writing for WEI.com, doing fine work. We'll talk to you next Sunday, my friend. This is Sunday Skate, presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market.